The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. Cool. Welcome back to Culture Insanity, the podcast. Um, we are now on episode number 20. 20 episodes in the last, let's see, I think we started in September. No? Irish? I have no idea. Actually, no, I think it was October. <laughs> <clears throat> it was the beginning of October. So, episode number 20. So, it's taken us a little less than a year to get here. Um, so, welcome back to the show. Um, as you can maybe see if you're on it and tuning in now, we have a room full. We have a room full of people, and as you'll soon hear, we have a room full of people. So pretty much we have our entire VRN, our Vigilance Radio Network um, team here. Missing. We're just missing one. Just missing one, um, the, the lovely Heidi Parker. But mm-hmm. as always on Culture Insanity, so you have, yes, we have Josh and myself. Um, as the host, we have Jasmine. Hello. As our director of the entire Vigilance Radio Network. Yes. And we have none other than Pastor Monty, the host of Truth Time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. That's not what I was expecting. <laughs> so we, we have a room full here just to sort of... <laughs> yes, you did choose poorly. You'll answer for that later. Uh, yeah, so we have a room full of people here just to make it uh, an extra special episode since we're on episode number 20, and we're about uh, just about to hit our, our, our one-year anniversary of the podcast. So that's exciting, and we've enjoyed doing it. Um, yeah, so with that said, we have um, a few topics on the docket tonight, and it should be fun to, to hear everyone sort of bounce back and forth on those things and express their express their thoughts on them in particular our special guest host pastor monty i'm i'm interested to see what he has to say about some of these things and how blunt he likes to be um so yeah direct correct direct <laughs> direct not, not, not. <laughs> what are we what are we talking about tonight? affirmative <clears throat> yeah tonight we got the whole olivia munn thing um she sort of um was shunned for bringing to light um you know this one of her co-stars in a movie and so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about a new movie um, with Amanda, Amanda Sternberg. I think it's how you say Rue. That's what I think. Yes, yeah. Rue. Rue from the Hunger Games. Um, yeah, so that she's got a interesting movie coming out that a trailer was just released for. Uh, we have Chrissy Teigen and her um, love for eating placenta. And obviously we have the Norm MacDonald um, whole conversation with what he said and how he was perceived. And then last but not least, Jim Carrey Carrey wants America to be socialist. So I'm sure you heard about that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I did. So so we have a few different things on the docket tonight. So um, with that said, we'll just jump right into it. So... You may or may not have been keeping track, but Olivia Munn, an actress, she's most recently in the Predator movie, uh, and that's that's what this whole thing is centered around. She was Psylocke in the last X Men movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so she she um, brought t- this to the media that 
one of her co-stars. It's like the director's good friend or something. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, but Shane Black. Shane Black is the director. Director, yeah. Steven Seagal is the the other actor. Um, Wait, like Seagal, <laughs> not Seagal. No, okay. Seagal. Although he has his own separate yeah, separate thing that he's, he's dealing with. But so she found out through whoever that this guy uh, was a is a um, like convicted registered registered um, sex offender for something he did. X amount of years ago with some underage girl, so on and so forth. So that was um, not disclosed to the cast, I guess. Uh, and so she found out about it and, you know, brought it to the media and, you know, put the whole thing on blast. And, and after that, she was sort of shunned by her cast and co-stars. Uh, I don't know if it's, I'm guessing it's because how she did it and I don't know, just the way in which that played out, I guess. And so that's sort of um, the basis for our, our jumping into this um, and weighing in is just what what was the the wise move here? Is there when you're when you're talking about these things or when you're speaking out about I guess an injustice or something, is there a inappropriate when, where, how, why, you know, for what reasons, um, is there is there a way that you should navigate that that, you know, we should all be sensitive to and then just when it comes to informing people of sensitive information like what is the what is the obligation or what are people entitled to i, I think i know that there's like laws right like like as rape, far as rape shield laws a, and stuff a few as far as informing people about stuff like that like a registered sex offender i mean they're a registered sex offender so depends on what you no know, it depends on what they uh you know and what on what they were um, made a register, why they had to register. Yeah, there's levels. There's levels. But it's public information, right? Yes. Like you could just yeah. do a check on anybody, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. sure. So, so what is the appropriate how-to when it comes to something like this? Uh, and like in terms of how she's feeling, how she was treated, um, is was there validity in that? Was there validity in her, the way that which she did it? Um, what do you guys think as a starting point? Well, guys, lines are open. What was he regi- What what was he convicted of? It was a four. He, He's twenty. Like he tr- he was. It was like an online thing. Um, like he was trying to do something with a, oh, a I think fourteen he was, year old he girl. Was thirty-eight. He was thirty-eight, and she was fourteen. Yeah, he was like trying to entice a, a fourteen. So, is girl. there is there uh, anybody on the movie set who's fourteen? That's no. an interesting question. Um, I think the sensitivity. It was, it was a small. It's just a small um, scene. Scene. And, yeah. And she, when she found out about it, she asked the studio to cut it from it. She didn't know it was a scene that was filmed with her directly. Well, the, and the scene is like sexual in nature. Well, he's like catcalling her or something. Yeah. And so, yeah, she. After she found out about it, she asked the studio to cut it. They did. That wasn't enough for her. And then she like went to the media. Like it seems like she went straight to the media about she, it. So she went, according to her, she went to the media after she had talked to the studio and after she had talked to some of the cast members or something. But like they that. wanted her. So to, what like, was hush, her hush. agenda? That's a good question. In which aspect of it? Well, I mean, if the if the studio did what they what she asked her to, once it once uh, 
they became aware of what the issue was and where she was coming from. And they complied and said, okay, yeah, I can see your point. We'll, we'll remove it or we'll cut that. What, what, more can, what more does she want? What's her agenda? Well, I think her thing is this guy, like, working in the industry, you know, in roles like this. Even, like, even so, that movie, Predator, right now, it's the biggest movie right now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, it just came out. <laughs> oh, okay. It just, it just came out. So, I think that her thing is, you know, this guy can now claim, you know, once again, now that he's back in the limelight or whatever. Like, oh, I'm in this movie. I'm an actor. So on and so forth. He's in a position of power. Yeah, he's the whole point of the Me Too movement is to stop putting people in these positions of power. Right. And then she was allegedly saying, "All men are predators." He just got caught. (coughs) I don't even know what to think about that statement. (laughs) Wow, this might be a good time to play the disclaimer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's that's no, that's 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 exactly correct. All men. Are sexual predators. It's just that that there that most men operate within the mores of society that are placed around them, and and uh, and and particularly in the church, we have the element of the Holy Spirit giving us self control. Do you mean that all people are sexual predators? No, men are are specifically designed to be aggressive sexually. Okay, I understand what you're saying. I don't think that, that makes them predators. I think it makes them dominant. Uh, well, that's part of, yeah, that's part of the predatory deal. Well, but I mean, I think that concept that we're all sexual predators, like, is is Darwinian in nature, right? That's not biblical. It's Darwinian in nature. It says that we all have an animal instinct, and that you know men are connected to this animal instinct. It's not uh, no, 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 no. You're labeling it a Darwinian. I'm saying that's how God created us. No, I'm saying that's where that comes from. There's nothing in the Bible that says all men are sexual predators. No, but it does say that you know we we uh, we are the ones who are aggressive in bringing about sexual contact. No, it says that we're supposed to be the initiators in bringing well, about sexual well, contact. Okay, there that you doesn't go. make us aggressive. It depends upon how uh, how you interpret that. But clearly things have broken down in our society to the point that 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 men are aggressive and the whole to me too movement is to back off and say we're t- we we're tired of that. So are you a fan I would also say that yes, God push, push through there, push in there. God did not create us or create men to be sexual predators. It's an uh, evidence of the fall. Like it's a side effect. Well, I, I and I I would agree with you, but that's the reality we deal with. Okay, I just it's the phraseology. Yeah, I, well, I happen to like other. my phraseology. The reality of it is, is we're taking certain things for granted. So obviously, I'm not talking about the fact that we're, uh, you know, that that we're pre-fall. Clearly, I'm talking about we're post-fall. But that, but and saying those that things have those things have degraded to the point that they are today. But when I, you say that, that's the way God created. That doesn't at all like give credence to the fall being aspect of that that makes it sound like it's the prime creation no if you, aspect. It, no if you if you feel better throwing that in then i i have no problem <laughs> no, 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 no. you th- you threw it in there my my position is is that we should not be surprised that men act out the way they do because we have a society that has gone crazy with uh, with the lack of respect for any social 
amores, and and uh, on top of that, a desire by society to do away with uh, any type of morality at all. In the- that is the impact of a narcissistic society. So it doesn't surprise me that people act the way that they do. Right. So I, I think the difficulty isn't saying that all men are sexual predators and that doesn't surprise you, is that it gives... Um, if it, it gives excuse, yeah. right? Like yeah. it, like that, it gives an excuse for men to behave that way, and especially correlating it back to the idea that God made men to be aggressive. And this is why I say men aren't made to be aggressive; they're they're made to be dominant. I know that that's also going to be a Ooh, a hot flag. button thing to say. Red my flag. bad, mm-hmm. but um, <clears throat> but they're not they're not meant to be aggressive. And I think that certain men, even like in in the fall. So when we talk about the fall, what we're talking about is after man sinned in the Garden of Eden. So, so because remember, this isn't one of those shows. This is the culture insanity peppy show, as I've been told. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) you know who you are, right? So in any case, um, in the in the fall or post fall, like there are men who are, you know obsessed with power but not but have no no interest in sexuality for instance well clearly when you get into some of the issues surrounding for example um rape um that's a power issue okay and that has that has little uh that has little to do with sexual function and more to do with being dominant and having power over people. Uh, that's true, but but that doesn't mean that, like, that doesn't mean, like, when you take something like stealing, for instance, or, yeah, let's let's go with stealing. Like, the person who's stealing doesn't necessarily use their sexual drive in conjunction with their want for power. Right? Uh, you lost me in your illustration. The point I'm making is... Just Unless because sexuality, just because sexuality is a large part of where dominance and power and aggression can sort of meet together, doesn't mean that people are always that people who are obsessed with power in their life are going to do that in the sexual way. They can be obsessed with power in their life and still have, strangely, a healthy sexual relationship. I'm just saying that it shouldn't surprise you or me. Or anybody else, this whole discussion that we're having nowadays, you know, whether we're talking about, you know, Roman Catholic Church uh, priests abusing people or the 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 Hollywood entertainment industry having all of these perps show up all of a sudden or, you know, people claiming that things happened 30 or 40 years ago. We shouldn't be surprised by all of this. My question, <clears throat> my question is of of the whole thing, um, and you asked it as a starting as a starting question. Counter question <clears throat> was like, what 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 more is she wanting, or yeah. like where where does that end for her? Yeah, what's her agenda? Like she had asked the studio that it be cut because she felt. Um, information wasn't disclosed to her and she did, she wasn't given the opportunity to, you know, sign on to, to working with someone like that, you know? Um, and then, you know, she would go on Ellen and do the, right. Do the thing about it's, it's indicative of a bigger issue continuing to give people 
positions of power who have have made those choices or are in the in in the process of making those choices and so my question is just like when do the tor- when do the torches get put down like at what point you know like and i think we talked about it i i don't remember what it was in regards to last week uh oh it was about louis ck mm. right like at what point like does does a person pay for their sins if you will um you know the romans when when somebody committed an offense against rome that was not punishable by death <clears throat> so they got sent to the salt mines or they got sent on a ship or you know to be a, a rower or whatever it was their crime was posted on their cell door right and when that and when they had served their time <laughs> then that 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 sheet of paper telling what their crime was was given to them and it was removed from the record because they had paid for their crime so just as a society like how does this play out from here <clears throat> well you know there are rules there are rules, you know, if this guy's a convicted, uh, convicted sex uh, offender, then in order for him to be operating in society, he's going to have rules that he has to abide by. And, and it's very likely that, first of all, it doesn't, under, under most circumstances, it doesn't have to be disclosed that he's got a sexual conviction not for jobs maybe for maybe for living within certain circumstances there are rules that need to be followed and she could say to the company you know um i wasn't made aware of this but uh he's got he's got rights as well and the reality of it is if he's paid his for his crime and he's now back in society, he may have to disclose to his employer that he has a sexual felony, but uh, there's nothing that he has to disclose to his co-workers, nor is his employer obligated to post his picture saying sexual predator in the office for everybody to, to see. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I just wonder, like, if and, this will... And she's out of line in my this, view. The court of society, if you will. Like, I, I just... Is this like an ebb and flow thing? Or, like, is this just par for the course from here on out? Well, I <laughs> like, think it, no, I think it's par for the course. With the, with the way the information is spread, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's interesting. Um... I mean that that sort of segues into another topic with the Norm McDonald thing because it's it's right in line with well, the whole. Can I can yeah, I go just, ahead? I just want to say <clears throat> like if this was, you know, I mean, Pastor Monty's talking about his perception of how things should be in America based on American law and so on and so forth, and you know, the, but uh, on a biblical level, like that's a, that is uh, that that's a capital offense. Like a person who you know committed the crime that he committed would be killed, and so this unless he could make it to the city of refuge, 
Refuge. No, because the City of Refuge has to do with a person who committed a crime without intent. So if this guy's seducing this person, you know, and, and he was... You mean it just didn't happen? <laughs> right. So, yeah. So so that's, you know, somebody like murders somebody, for instance, and they didn't mean to murder somebody if they can get to a city of refuge, but then they then they can be protected. Anyway, this is this is punishable in scripture. So in scripture, you wouldn't even be dealing with this issue because that person would have been put to death. Hmm. But that's a whole nother thing. I personally... I, I personally think that the issue is more muddy than than it is clear because we're we're talking not just about what her response or what his basically like what his rights are, but we're talking about what her responsibility is and then the potential protection of victims in the future. So <laughs> well, oh, oh, okay, um, yeah, I kind of understand where you're coming from, Josh. But you see, she's stepping out of the bounds of of what her responsibility is. Yeah, I don't... uh, Based on what? You mean based on legally what her right is? No. Or her contract with the studio to make the movie? When you say what her responsibility is, what is defining her responsibility in your eyes? Well... Because as a human being... Well, she's not... She's not his parole or police officer. Okay. If she doesn't like that, if she finds out that the guy has a background that she doesn't like, then she can keep her little self away from him. But, okay, so but you would, for him to walk, for her to walk around and act like some type of a, a social cop over how the guy lives, who the hell does she think she is? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's dangerous. First of all, and I think there's a reason why scripture, again, why God doesn't deal so lightly with these things as we tend to. Mm. But that said, um, in in the same vein that she could end up basically, you know, becoming a law unto herself, which is what we're seeing. The difficulty with what we're seeing yeah. is the people are basically have an arbitrary standard based on their own fears. Yeah, the next step for her is vigilantism. Well, yeah, it's a form of it, right? It's yes. it's social vigilantism, yeah, or, or social network networking vigilantes. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's a form of it. Then, but then the other side is the other side is vigilantes. She's a real social justice warrior. <laughs> the other side is that vigilantes grow from a purpose, or they grow for they grow from a reason. Escalation, right? Escalation is what causes that. So you know it. it in the one vein, you could argue that basically you can argue that she's created by this societal, um, this unbiblical need to rehabilitate things that should be dealt with on a capital level. And so now she's in a position where she has to defend it because the standard isn't a biblical one. So how does she defend the next person working in the industry who has, which is admittedly, and revealingly so, a hostile industry toward her kind, right? Toward mm-hmm. white women. I don't know if she's white, but she's like Japanese American white. Yeah, yeah, but she's you know she's she's an attractive woman, so that the industry is hostile toward that, and we're seeing that that's the case. And now she's put in a position because the industry doesn't deal with things on a biblical level, you know, where it's like it's her. She should defend that. How should she defend the next person? I just don't think it's as simple as. She should stay out of it. 
Well, there are obviously today we have some very creative things that right, Jasmine, feel free to jump in here. Yeah, jump I'm, in I'm, here, Jasmine. I'll jump in when I have something to say. <laughs> I mean, she could put she could hand out flyers. She could find out what what his next film is and hand out flyers um to uh, all all of her actors and uh, and actor friends certainly and, and what we're dealing with now is called an argument from absurdity and i think that you are well right. she's already absurd <laughs> no I, I i i think that you're right in suggesting that this is that's where it goes to right scripture says mind your own business Okay. I don't think that's what scripture says. Actually, it does, and I can get the passage for you. All right, you get the passage. Please do. You get the passage. And, and again, what, though scripture implies that we're supposed to mind our own business, which is not the context of the scripture passage you're going to pull up, but okay. <laughs> the, the Log and a speck. There's a whole bunch of passages that say that you're supposed to pay attention to how you're supposed to you know, do things. But but the problem here is going to be that you have to take into context, you know, that societies have to deal with these things. Like, you know, yeah, you're supposed to mind your own business, but you're supposed to bring before the elders, like, all sorts of personal things. Anyway, this is not that show. We're not dealing with theology that much on this end. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so... Maybe while he's pulling up that verse, you want to <laughs> see how? Tell us how it, how it connects to. I mean, it's it's like I said, it's it's it just reminds me of, um, the the same thing we were talking about last episode, and and recently Norm McDonald, the SNL alumni. That's my weekend update guy, stand up comedian Norm McDonald. Oh. Um, yeah, that's where I started with weekend update on SNL. He got no. he got put under some heavy scrutiny for a comment he made toward it. He said, <clears throat> he's you got it. Oh, of course. Go for it real quick. And, you know, you should be careful about challenging me on what I know Scripture says. First Peter chapter 4, verse 15. You going to read it? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm going to post it here. Okay. Anytime now. I'm only saying that for dead air's sake, by the way. Uh, yeah, well, I'm actually looking for the actual... <laughs> Okay, so can, can I just offer a response? Also, First Thessalonians. 4, All right, pick 11 one. And Twelve. I'm, and Second Thessalonians. No, no, no. Just pick 3, one. Three, eleven, and twelve. Pick one instead of bombarding us, so I can post it. Yet, if anybody which one are you reading from? I want to post it. First uh, Corinthians four <laughs> sixteen. That's what you're doing. Well, let's go to let's go to fifteen. <laughs> <first>. Okay. <laughs> which one? I'm posting it. First Corinthians four. Or wait, what'd you say? Yeah, first read. Yet if anybody suffers as for a Christian. For what? For what? 416. 416, got it. I'm going to post Yet it. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. What does that have to do with? That doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking anyway, about. Anyway, what I wanted well, to in say. In 15 says, hold on, let's go back to 15. As a response. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or as an evildoer, as a meddler. Yet, if anybody suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, uh, but let him glorify God in that name, for it is a time for judgment to begin as a household of God, and it begins with us. Goes on to say, as I said. Go ahead, Jasmine. Mind your own business. 
what I was going to say was I'm not challenging your knowledge of the scripture. I'm challenging your interpretation of it mm. because I don't believe any of that says mind your own business. In fact, and you it know, it does say mind your own business. I I don't agree with that. You well, don't have well, to no, agree. No, with no, it. no, 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 you no. You're, da- you're, no, no, you're no, treading on. on very dangerous territory. No, 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 here. no. no. It, d- are there words that say mind your own business? Uh, depending upon who and depending upon how it's translated, yes. Uh, so what translation says mind your own business? Is it the NIV? I can pull it up. Um, I'm not sure. Well, <laughs> I don't have an itinerary in front of me. I do. Okay. So which one says mind your own business? You tell me since you've got an itinerary. Well, there's not one that says it as far as I can tell. All so right. That's why. All right. Let's let's carry this to to the truth time if 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 we want to continue the discussion um yeah we can invite we can invite uh, viral vigil lady over here over to truth time if you want to have a your end manager that's true i'll intro the topic there <laughs> anyway <laughs> as i was saying it's just it reminds me of the same topic of conversation uh and then norm mcdonald um as i was saying got in trouble for saying speaking into it too <clears throat> um he like got pulled from appearing on the tonight show for being insensitive toward it he said in regards to in regards to everything that's what's going on right now he said the model used to be admit wrongdoing show complete contrition and then we give you a second chance now it's admit wrongdoing and you're finished he told the publication i do think that at some point it will end with a completely innocent person of prominence sticking a gun in his head and ending it Hmm. um, just because of how toxic it is and how just you know, snap, snap judgment it is and emotional response it is instead of like actually listening and hearing what, like what's going on. It's just a, you know, it's, it's just the extreme of the, the guilty till, guilty till proven innocent. I had to make sure I got that right. right. Okay. So first, first uh, Corinthians, I'll just throw these two out so that you have them. You understand they're there. First Thessalonians 410. Wait, Okay. First Thessalonians, not First Corinthians. First Thessalonians four ten. Okay. Okay. So, so for those of you who don't know, that's in the New Testament. It's written it by says, the Apostle Paul. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands. Have you been stru- Have you as you have been instructed before? Second Thessalonians three eleven through thirteen says. Don't live in idleness. You are not busy working. You are busy interfering in other people's lives. I well, what's the second one? Second uh, Thessalonians three eleven through thirteen. The point is, is, yes, Scripture does say that as believers, we're not to meddle in other people's lives, but we're to mind our own business. And I agree with that a hundred percent. Right. I think that I think that the interpretation of that is pretty wide. It's directed towards believers, and we need to be minding our own business. Right. Now, it is still. Re- it's directed toward believers, and its purpose in being directed toward believers has to do with how we're perceived on the outside, and so on and so forth. So and the same. Judgment. Yeah, the same person couldn't take this passage and say, you can't tell me that I'm doing something I'm not supposed to, for instance. Well, in the first place, as we've already talked about, you don't infer to a non-believer a biblical standard. Right, but okay, so let's assume that the two people are believers. I mean, it's ironic because in this discussion, you are putting that out there. But with with that said, 
let's assume that this is a discussion between believers. If somebody was doing something they weren't supposed to, it this passage doesn't apply. Would you agree? Well, no. Matthew eighteen would apply. Right. Right. So, so this passage is not saying amongst believers that minding our own business means that. The, so, minding our own business in this passage has doesn't have to do with when there are actual bad things going on. Right. Well, it has to yes. do with okay. it has to do with when things are literally not our concern. Yes, but the supposition of our discussion is that this guy is being persecuted or this woman, Olivia Moon, Moon, whatever her name is, <laughs> wants to persecute somebody for something that they have not done no well, actually he, it's something that he has, he has done. done no 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 he was convicted he paid for his crime and he's living within the, the confines of what the law the civil law says that he's supposed to okay so she may have conviction about she doesn't want anything to happen again but again i threw out there it's none of her business if okay. she doesn't like it, then she can keep away from him. That's her business. It's none of her business for her to persecute him for something that he has not done. So Tiffany asks, if we're supposed to mind... Okay, I guess both John and Tiffany. Okay, so hold on. John Parker says... Wow, okay. <laughs> okay, I got a bunch of... Hold on, guys. So John Parker says, is meddling the same as showing care or holding others accountable? And then... Tiffany says, if, which one? what, sorry. Okay. So then John Parker says, is meddling the same as showing care or holding others accountable? <laughs> Tiffany says, if we're supposed to mind our own business, how do we hold people accountable? Essentially the same question. And John Parker says, how can you, or why should you strive to live a quiet life when there are injustices? Um, you are part of or privy to. And then Tiffany says, well, is she a believer? Well, first of all, we don't know if she's a believer. Right. Um, <clears throat> second of all, again, holding people accountable and mind these passages that talking about minding your own business, they're not connected to each other. And I think that that's sort of, that's sort of the danger here is assuming that they are believers by saying that they're which that, is a stretch i don't know that it is but assuming that they are believers um this passage about minding your own business has nothing to do with what's going on let's and i want to be clear assuming that they are believers by god's law this man would be dead i i, I want to uh, yeah 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 i agree right right okay so so therefore Let's just say this. The righteous judgment of God sits upon this man's head. It's by civil law, not God's law, that this man is alive. That's not in question. Well, hold on. So if we're going to operate by the standard of believers, then as she looks at him, his very life is a violation of God's civil law, of God's, of God's righteous law. Therefore, he is in violation she should look at him as she should look at him as somebody who is guilty, not somebody who is guilty of a single crime, but somebody who should be dead. And what God says is vengeance is mine. Yeah, of course. God is the one to bring about vengeance for things that have been done, not people within the church. Right. 
right okay, and of so, course we're not necessarily talking about people in the church but so you drawing out the what you stated is a presupposition no is invalid no 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 no, no no it's not she and doesn't have any business no 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 it's it not belong. see here's the thing man resonates and this is where we're talking culture insanity right we're talking about culture here Regardless of whether they're Christians or not, there's a reason why these things are God's law, right? Because man resonates with it. In every culture, we understand that that sort of behavior by this man is inappropriate. We do. We do. There's a level of understanding about that, and we resonate with it. So regardless of whether she's a Christian or not, when she looks at him, she is naturally by the image of God that's within her, repulsed at his presence. Okay, she's offended. I get it. And... And she has a natural, reasonable indignation. And because man refuses to operate by God's standard, that puts her in a place of reasonable cognitive dissonance. Hmm. In other words, she's in a place where she cannot, she cannot resonate with God's truth while at the same time living in man's truth. So what is she supposed to do? Well, and all I'm, said, saying is, always... all I'm saying is, it's not as simple a situation as mind your own business. It is a, it, her feeling this way, fractured, is a reasonable <laughs> outcome that we should take account for. I disagree. She, if, she, if she observes him... With the knowledge that she has, if she observes him doing things that are questionable, then she has a, a moral uh, obligation to begin to act and to say something. But the fact that he's just got a record doesn't obligate her to do jack. She needs to, she can keep her eyes open. She can watch, uh, you know, because she's repulsed by him and by his behavior. But aside from that, uh, she needs to leave it alone. She's not his judge, and she's not his jury. I don't think Josh was saying that it obligates her to do something. I think nope. that he's saying it makes sense that she would be in this confused yep. headspace. You know, what she did, she did, you know, and it's it's because of the heads like, where she's at in a fractured worldview. Well, it goes back to my original question. What's her agenda? What does she want? I think her agenda is that she is reasonably bothered because she lives in a space of yeah. cognitive dissonance. She's trying to make sense Between of her worlds. resonating with God's law, being the image bearer of God, and then having to live within man's law. Oh, uh, she needs to get over herself. <laughs> I don't even... I don't even know. I don't... Yes. Okay. <laughs> Where do you go from there? <laughs> it's not going to happen. I knew that sound bit would come in handy. <laughs> what she needs to do is Me get right with God, <laughs> you know, and yeah. and figure out what it is that she knows as true and, and align that with how she yeah, Ultimately, the only way that she's going, that any of the people that are dealing with these things are going to escape that state of cognitive dissonance is going to be getting right with God and coming to a point where they realize that they are sinners as well and that they should forgive. Or, wow. in simple terms, mind your own business. No, I was going to say, <laughs> get over yourself. I was, I was going well, okay, to I was gonna yeah, suggest yeah, maybe that's what get over yourself well, meant. Yes, most definitely. <laughs> All right. You know. All right. <laughs> but it's not like I it's not like I have a strong opinion about it. No, I think I, I think you could you could uh yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on. Now that we spent 30 minutes talking about that. Um, so there's a trailer for a movie coming out. Uh, what's it? 
I can't remember what it's called. Something about so, uh, some when hands touch. Yes, that is the this name of the right. movie. That's the Nazi one, right? Yeah. When hands touch. So this is the one, the movie with <laughs> the actress who played Rue for you know Rue. the you Hunger mil- Games millennials that are all in love with the Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <coughs> so the movie is about this. Um, how do you say Afro German? Her mother, yeah. her mother was African, father was German. I might have mm-hmm. got that backwards. It's, it's backwards. It's her mom was German, her father was African. Yeah, sure. Oh, I just saw the trailer for this today. Did you? Oh, nice. Yeah. So obviously, <clears throat> and this takes place, by the way, during uh, World War II era. So obviously, she's already in a predicament. We'll say that, considering what. Um, Nazi Germany was doing to people like her, but then you add to this element, she falls in love with this young boy who's, I I don't know, like Hitler Youth or something? Yeah. Yeah, Hitler Youth, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, it's this multi-layered, interesting movie that is um, perhaps suggesting that the protagonist is a Nazi or yeah. one of the mm-hmm. protagonists. The person we should be rooting for in this movie um, is a Nazi. And so that's, uh, that leaves you with strange feelings and, and potential red flags. Um, and so just the question for springing discussion is, should villains, quote-unquote villains, be uh, allowed to be human before they're viewed as villains? Should villains be allowed to be human before they're seen as villains? Um, there, uh, the, the writer of a particular article had this to say, if, if this is the direction of the, mo- that the movie goes in, it's a, it's a disturbing one implying that romantic love can be a so- salve, S-A-L-V-E, salve, salve, um, for a worldview whose very foundation <coughs> is the destruction, destructive lie of a master race. It would also be tired and played out making a potential romantic hero out of a literal Nazi for one, and giving or Sav, sorry, the girl's character Lena, the onus of putting a white racist in touch with his humanity. Um, a role a black woman, black women are still frequently called upon to perform in real life without any irony or shame. So, it puts the viewer in this strange space of what am I supposed to take from this? Yeah, it's um, an attempt to rewrite history and to give sympathy towards the Nazis. So I'll give you a little, I mean, here's from a a review. That's a spoiler alert for those who don't know. Um, It says, a love scene between Lena and Lutz leans rather far into a notion that while national socialism socialism might have been devastating for humanity in general, it could do wonders for one's teenage girl's sexual awakening. (laughs) When Lena and Lutz are reunited at the labor camp, which is directly across from a smoke-bellowing death camp that's cremating Jews, the wobbly scenario becomes full and grotesque. The stridently theatricalized violence is horrific only because it's so objectively manipulative. By the end of the movie, my jaw felt unhinged from dropping so often. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't even seen the movie, and I nailed it. This is the issue that we're facing with revisionists and with people who desire very greatly to redefine these uh, positions that have been taken over time. What what makes it revisionist? Because they want to um, change, in this case, they want to change how it is that... Uh, Nazism was perceived uh, by the general public. 
I I don't know. In in that it's allowing for the Afro German culture. Is that what you mean? No, I think he's just. I think he's just saying that they're trying to not paint a as a harsh a picture as it's been painted in the past. Oh yeah, because yeah. it was they were doing awful things. But I well, mean, back still- back to the question, like <clears throat> what amount of what amount of I don't know the word to use humanity. What amount of humanity are people allowed to have while still like in being dynamic people? You know, like the movie follows this young kid who's been brought up into thinking that this is, you know, the appropriate thing to be pursuing. You know, Hitler Youth Kid, right? Um, Does that mean that this kid in the movie is just that? Like he's a one-dimensional character, like just a killing machine? Or like... He was programmed that way. Yeah, but there's other... I get it. No, these these young people that were taken by Germany, they were sent specifically to camps, and they were groomed in these camps to believe that they were the superior race, and and their thinking was exactly that. So what makes that any different than how we send our kids to secular public school, for instance? Well, for one, we don't call secular public school indoctrination into a particular view although it is starting to get that way in some uh yeah uh, the reality of it is is the purpose of public education was to give a broad base of understanding of all of the various subjects which are out there and expose children to a wide variety of subjects uh, we're not talking about indoctrinization that you're being taught from the time that uh, you're that's, small. That's 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 just. I'm sorry. That's not true. Well, that is true. No. I grew up in public education. What? That doesn't mean anything. It means a great deal. <laughs> My education is John is Dewey. Broad. John and, Dewey, and, uh, who is the who is the creator of the public school system, was a staunch atheist, and he believes that education should be taken out of the home and out of the church. And so he advocated a public education system which removed God from the equation. And that is the purpose of the public education system. And I, and I would say that my experience is, is that somewhat true. So that is a uh, secularization having, and an indoctrinization having of a position. Had, having, having had to challenge many of my teachers... Uh, in uh, where they were coming from. Okay, so that is a secularization and an indoctrination of of but young not, people. And not, as we and as not we have to the seen, same extent though. And as we have seen it grow over time, we have come to a point where we are ready and willing our young people to ha- since we've gone through a depression of sorts, we're ready and and a and a psychological awakening, we're ready and willing to accept a version of socialism. So what makes us any different as America, for instance, than what happened with Germany? They've well, been around longer than we have. Well, first of all, what they're trying to do is as I said originally in re- revisionist, they're trying to redefine what socialism means. Uh, in the context of what they're spouting today. And it means something entirely different than, than the textbook meaning and or what we've seen with the attempt at other governments to have an economic system which is not free market but is socialistic in nature. All right, it's a different type of system. But the point, the point, it's still socialism. It's just a different type. And we're moving toward it regardless of whether, you know, it's, there it's Nazi or There are people on the not. left who are trying to embrace that, Yes. 
Yeah, and they're doing a great job of indoctrinating our children. Well, okay, so that's a worry for you. I don't know that it's gonna. I don't know that it's going to be um, something that's going to happen overnight. It's a worry. It's a worry for all of us. What are you talking about? Well, I'll be dead by the time that gets. We okay. I just, we deal with uh, more than just what we have to deal with. We deal with the whole of, of humanity. But in any case, the the question that I asked initially, I don't think got answered, which is what makes them revising history? I, I don't think that it's... Uh, and Okay, so... They're redefining. Me, yeah, but is it a wrong definition? The Nazis... I think that one of the real dangers is trying to define the nazis as being uh one-dimensional you know i mean that's the danger right it's like when you take satan for instance and you remove from satan the fact that he's an angel of light and so now when he comes to you and presents that he has light in him you're like oh he must not be satan and no. i think that's what what we have here is we have a one-dimensional definition of the nazis yeah and- make make no mistake about it my understanding of nazism <coughs> is not one-dimensional Right, but but culturally it yeah. has been one dimensional, right? I would, I would agree with that, but most mostly because the general public only had one perception of Nazism coming out of World War II. What difference does that make? Well, yes, then it, you're just you're justifying my point. No, it makes a big difference because they. Um, it's only now that we're uh, going back and we're able to look at the multi-dimensional nature of how Hitler entered into power and then the things that he was involved in in establishing his power uh, through the Nazi movement. So the question is, is it inappropriate to look at the dynamic nature of that and say, hey, there were love stories that were happening in the middle of Nazi Germany yeah. uh, and and Poland and so on and so forth, Nazi-occupied territory across from crematoriums yeah. where they well, were there to the, burning Jews. According to the early critics, right, maybe it's an impossible task. That we're back to, to what I said mm. initially in because it seems to, to be a unanimous, subject. like whatever from the review you read, the review I'm pulling from, like what? Men and <laughs> what are they trying to get us to? Men and women are sexual beings. <laughs> Wait, what? Should this not surprise? Oh, I see you? what you're saying. You're saying sex takes place everywhere. Yeah. Yes, it does. Outside of crematorium. Yes, it sex does. Rules all. Maybe the Sound aroma like of the crematorium turned them on. I don't know. I. Wow. <laughs> don't know what to do with that statement. Well, I'm gonna, yep. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying that again. You're astonished by the attempt to say should we look at that? It is a part of who people are. No. So th- I think that you've you've flip flopped here, and I don't think you realize it because at the start you said that this was a a a, a work of revisionist. Um, this is a revisionist movement, and now you're saying that They're it's completely only, appropriate yeah, for them to share this now because it's dynamic. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's appropriate at all. I'm simply saying that it is an element which is there. So is it appropriate or not? Is it appropriate or not? Because that's the question. Here's what John Parker thinks. He says, hindsight is 2020, but romanticizing a dark period in our time is dangerous. In one man's humble opinion. Okay. Yeah. I, I personally, I don't have a a problem with it. (laughs) It's being put forth as a romantic story. 
As, as long as it's it, not being put forth as a rom-com. It, yeah, not, seriously. The Nazi movement is not <laughs> being be put forth up. as a romantic right. story. Right. No. The people, you know, yeah, it's yeah. It's I, using that as a as a background and a third here's, character. Here's yeah. the real issue. Here's <clears throat> the real issue. Is that if truth is arbitrary, then this is really dangerous. That's the issue. The the truth of scripture is the most jacked up story that you could come up with, where you take the only person in the history of mankind who is a hundred percent perfect and you nail him to a cross after beating him to death. And you call that moment, the moment of salvation, the moment where love is personified, all of these things, that is an ugly jacked up story. And I'm sorry, that is more jacked up than what happened to the Jews in Nazi Germany. And you may not like that, but it's the truth. The Jews, just like us are people who are guilty from their sin and they are condemned to die. And it's only the salvation of God that brings us out of it. But Jesus, he was not. And that is the most jacked up thing in history. And there's a love story that's presented throughout history where God is, is working through history to save these people, despite everything from the Jews uh, burning their children to the god Moloch you know, to, to um, constantly leaving him behind for other gods and so on and so forth. And in spite of all that, at the cross of Calvary, you have Jesus Christ, and that is where we're supposed to find love. The concept that you can't have love, in, like have a love story that's beautiful in a situation that's dark and grotesque and ugly, it's just not, it's not tenable. But... It is something that is difficult when truth is arbitrary. When truth is only how you feel in the moment, then absolutely the, 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 the defining factor has to be the ambience, right? Yeah. So if you're next to something that's grotesque, then, the, then what you're dealing with is grotesque. I predict this will not do well at the box office and will come to a DVD quickly. Who knows? I mean... Streaming. Streaming. We're beyond the DVD... Age. Oh, forgive me. <laughs> I forgot too. Forgive me. <laughs> you I'm really like, yes, yeah, so? this makes sense. You really think so? With like, yeah, Hollywood and you know, it's because you know, progressive no, no, thinking no, these, and style. These and guys, really, Adam. These guys, these guys are pushing an agenda to try to indoctrinate the broader public. Uh, on on where they should be in these issues as far as they're concerned. But the reality of it is the general public still is not here, and this will not do well at the box office. What? That's my prediction. I don't know. Like, oh. I could see it equally going the other way because it's, it's right. a progressive. <laughs> John Parker says that I think he's talking about my statement that it would be a rom-com, said that Hugh Grant... <laughs> You <laughs> Grant should be the, <laughs> the main character in it. Wow. Uh, wow. Jennifer Richardson Hanthorne. The movie that we're talking about is a new movie called Where, Where Hands Touch. That's I what believe. we said, yes. Yes, Where Hands Touch. Um, it's a movie about a romance between a neo-Nazi officer. Oh, off- she was asking what movie. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. It's a romance between a neo-Nazi officer or, or not neo-Nazi, I'm sorry, a, a Hitler youth officer and oh, an geez. Afro-German um, uh, young lady in Nazi Germany. And the critics are shredding it because it's taking place 
in the ugliness of Nazi Germany and saying that you can find love in something beautiful that's there. I'm telling you. you see, when see. I think of this movie, just going off, I just had this thought this whole time, and I've been waiting for an opportunity. But anyway, what I think is interesting is they're trying to portray it as, you know, the opportunity to find love. What I think it should be trying to portray is that those people are people and they did terrible things. Mm. Like, it's kind of in the same vein of like, history is a reminder of what not to do. Right. Like, those people were people, just like you are, just like I am, yeah. that did terrible, horrific things to other well, they, people. They, they chose poorly. Wow. Air horns. <laughs> <laughs> They're here somewhere. Yeah, no, but like them. I was saying... <clears throat> Like you don't think it'll you don't think it'll do well because you're welcome, John Parker. The, the mass the mass public isn't ready for for that, and I don't know. Like I I think the the public and indefinitely in Hollywood they're all about embracing progressive thought and you know pushing that envelope and inverting certain things and um, letting certain you know it's just. That's that's the next point. That's the next home base. I think them, I you think know? you have to ask yourself based on the I context. I think you have to ask yourself based on the context where people um, like what the filmmakers, you know, ideology was in making it. And based upon what I've read, I mean, the filmmaker is a black woman who is interested in um, showing the difficulties with the Afro-Germanic population and the minority populations in in germany at that time so i don't get that she's trying to drive any sort of um progressive quote-unquote point other than to tell the stories of people who existed in that time and saying that those stories should be worth telling I, is it then it should be a documentary on the history channel <coughs> and not uh, a box office film now that's an interesting point i i, I disagree but that's a, that's a really interesting point you're making there like yeah does this go down every day night? No. This no. Ha no. Thank this God. That's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> it's probably for the best. This show <laughs> is every other Saturday night at 8 p.m. So that's, yeah. what, that's what we do. Every other Saturday night at 8 p.m. So not next week, but the week after. That's when we'll be back on <laughs> for episode 21. Anyway, yeah. continue. <laughs> I'm just thinking about a world in which this existed every day and night. And I'm getting exhausted. That was my childhood. <laughs> That world was I my know. childhood. So. Yeah, that world did exist, and I lived in it. <laughs> right. I grew up in it. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, we're going to go long, but... All right, yeah, let's keep going. All right. Rock and roll. Chrissy Teigen ate her placenta. <laughs> that is the best segue that could have happened. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> you can't... <laughs> Yay. Chrissy Teigen is a... <laughs> Chrissy Teigen ate her placenta. Not, for the record, we're not necessarily rooting for the fact that she did that. <laughs> so don't be confused. No, it's just the name. It's the name of a new game show. <laughs> so Chrissy Teigen is today? a model slash host, TV host. She uh, she's a celebrity personality. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, celebrity personality. <laughs> um, so only the Lord knows why. Uh, yeah. So there was an article. Recently talking about that, talking about the fact that she ate her placenta. She ate the whole thing? I I don't know. You know, it didn't it say. It doesn't say. With ketchup or? Well, you, There's several ways. There's ways. Several I was ways reading. Eat it. You, you can eat it raw even, which is horrifying. You, you can eat it raw. You can eat it Ugh. like jerky. 
like dehydrate it. Oh, interesting. Which is yeah. Fry it up like a, a steak, <laughs> yeah. a good old placenta steak. You can yeah. encapsulate it. <laughs> But uh, I just wanted to read yeah, this. We have a Chrissy Teigen fan here. <laughs> wow. I just wanted to read this. The Center for, in the same article, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention said mothers should be especially careful of the practice after an Oregon woman, hey, an Oregon mother unwittingly Ew. gave her newborn a, a group B step, Steptococcus sure. uh, infection, which caused for hospitalization after dehydrating her uh, placenta, oh. e- eating her dehydrated placenta. The mom was clear of the bacteria, so it took days for doctors to test and realize it was inside the placenta capsules that she was eating. And then it says research published by the American Journal of uh, Obstetrics and Gynecology said benefits of placentophagy. I don't know if I'm saying that right eating your placenta, uh, yeah, it says the medical way to eat, uh, to say eating your placenta, is likely a result of the placebo effect. We found that there is no scientific evidence of any clinical benefit of placentophagy among humans and no placental nutrients and hormones are retained in sufficient amounts after placenta encapsulation to be potentially helpful to the mother postpartum. And that's, I think, why P- Chrissy Teigen said she was doing that is because after her first child, she was having like s- severe postpartum issues and so she tried it out so long story short what are our thoughts on that casual cannibalism coined (laughs) phrase i love it casual cannibalism is it weird i mean well it wouldn't be cannibalism first of all because it's not yourself no i mean it's a part of yourself it's it's part of something you like it's 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 person it's not Act, no, actually, it's not. the The placenta is not a is not a uh, um, an organ or a, well, it is. It is an a, organ. It's a membrane. But it is an organ. Its purpose is to provide nutrients and blood. So it is an organ. It's it's just a transitionary organ between the mm. mother and the and the yeah. That might be open up for medical debate. I don't. Know. I don't think it is. Oh, well, it's I a I good thing we're all doctors, so we can I talk would, about it. I wouldn't call <laughs> it the glasses. John, I don't. What? John Parker says, like eating your own poop. I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be. You know, Matt Damon thought. turned his no, poop into uh, potatoes. No, yep. it's not like the eating your. Own. No, listen, listen, listen. We don't. It's not like eating your own poop. Your own poop is literally your waste. A placenta, <laughs> like a placenta, has nutrients. Let's be clear. There's like, there's reason to eat it. According wow. to these doctors. It's medical waste after the kid is born, John said says. There's no s- substantial amount for it to actually matter, according to this. John says, is it waste doctors. after the, the kid is born? It, it's, it's medical waste, but yes, and there are groups of doctors. The, the, studies, the studies are whatever. The qu- I think the question is, or yes, the studies don't show conclusive evidence. Hmm. The question is, what's the biblical standard? Yes. What That's the really the, the question. And I'd say the biblical standard breaks down to... Eating meat offered to idols. Uh, it could. It could. You could talk about meat offered to idols. Yeah. Um, I think it breaks down to the. Can you explain Le- Levitical how that laws. To that? I don't understand. Basically, everything that God makes is clean. Okay. So. Okay. Yep. So. Um, but meat- I'm willing to bet the placenta was not in the sheet that was lowered for Peter. Well, here's the thing: you're not, you're still not <laughs> supposed to. You're st- according to the according to the disciples, you didn't have to be circumcised, and you weren't supposed to eat the blood, right? Right. Right. And so the question is: if you cook the placenta, does that count? 
If you dehydrate it. Man. Yeah. Mm. That's a question. Um, mm. There's literally no blood at that point. Yeah, it's gone. Sure. Yeah. But don't eat it raw. <laughs> it's you been sicko. dried up. Yeah, that's... Okay. Yeah. Jennifer Richardson Hanthorne says, no, the placenta is what provides nutrients and blood to the baby. I said that. Mm-hmm. I said that. I'm going to like your comment, Jennifer. <laughs> Liking. Can I dislike John's comment that it's like poop? You might be able to make an angry face at it. Oh, I think I missed the opportunity. It's so what's the, the unanimous week. call on that? Um, so anyway, um, and so there is a command to... Obst- John, so now John hashtags placenta jerky. Anyway. <laughs> He's really a big fan of the hashtags. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I think the other thing is there is a mention of something in the scriptures and it's kind of negative. So I'm going to pull up the scriptures on this and let's see here. Old Testament. Yep. It's an OT passage. Yeah. I'm willing to bet that they're not in favor of it. (laughs) You are correct. Let's see. It's Deuteronomy 28. Is is the whole placenta thing. Is that like really popular in like Eastern societies? No, um, in fact, the passage I'm going to show you is, is it's going to talk about it, but let's see if I think it's 2850 something. Side okay, note. here it is. Here it is. 2850, uh, around 50. Um, let's see. So the Lord will bring a nation against you from far away. This is the book of Deuteronomy. So the Lord will bring a nation against you from far away in the ends of the earth, like an eagle swooping down a nation whose language you will not understand a fierce looking nation without respect for the old or pity for the young. They will devour the young of your livestock and the crops of your land until you are destroyed. They will leave you no grain, blah, blah, blah. Okay. They will lay siege to all the cities throughout your land until the high fortified walls in which you trust fall down. They will besiege all the cities throughout the land. The Lord, your God is giving you because of the suffering your enemy will inflict on you during the siege. You will eat the fruit of the womb. The flesh of the sons and daughters the Lord your God has given you, even the most gentle and sensitive man among you, will have no compassion on his own brother or the wife he loves or his surviving children, and he will not give to to one of them any of the flesh of the children that he is eating. So so here we have so here we have a, a Again, we're not talking a one-for-one here, right? We're talking about children, but the fruit of the womb would include both the birth and the afterbirth. And it's something that is done... um, Let's see. I'll I'll continue. The most gentle and sensitive woman among you, so sensitive and gentle that she would not venture to touch the ground with the sole of her foot, will begrudge the husband she loves and her own son or daughter. The afterbirth from her womb, so the placenta... And the children she bears, for in her dire need, she intends to eat them secretly. So here we're talking about a situation that's so dire that, that, this, that this woman is willing to eat her own afterbirth. And she's going to do it secretly. So in other words, it's something that, that in Jewish culture they look down upon. And it's something that is looked down upon as a curse on the culture after the culture has defied God that people are going to be in such dire straits. So I think that God, um, yeah, I think, I think that God looks down on it. However, right. But they won't have postpartum depression. (laughs) Not from that. (laughs) (laughs) However, what is not this, this isn't a one for one situation here because this isn't talking 
it's kind of like the conversation on masturbation, right? Like it's, it's not directly about like, even though that is present, even though after birth is present, the issue has to do, um, like what we're talking about has to do with the cleanliness aspect has to do with so on and so forth. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. know if that makes any sense at all. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? I, it's uh, long Uh, short of it. I would stay away from it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the long and short of it. I I don't know that it's necessarily. Um, gosh, I don't think I can justify that it's that it's clean because the scripture again says that we're not supposed to eat things that. Well, we're not supposed to eat but, each other, yeah. right? And so it's a piece of us, right? And then if it's cooked, that's better. So that that takes care of the not kosher, but that takes care of the cleanliness aspect of it. So maybe you're not eating blood, but then you are still eating a person. So that's kind of weird. And you're dealing with like eating the organ. Like you're not supposed to eat the heart of an animal because it's the life. It's the life giver of the animal. Right. And I don't think that matters in scripture, whether that's a cooked heart or not. Mm -hmm. And this is essentially the, the conduit. It's where like what we were talking about earlier, the blood and nutrition nutrients get to the, is, is that, is that the is that why you would lean on the side of no is because of those reasons or do you yeah. lean, lean on the side of no is because it was something clearly set up by God as like a a bad thing like a a bad I, I, a consequence I, and so I, I but then you have the meat sacrifice idol things and so I, well so like, I think I think that the consequence I, I want to do De- I want to do right by both of those things right I think that the consequence <clears throat> thing in Deuteronomy um, shows shows the outworking of it it shows the outworking of it and like basically that it's something that you wouldn't even think about doing it's something that you'd keep in secret keep Mm. in private and it and it's something that's negative so it's like the outworking of that thought have we have we found a way to mechanize it into something that is no longer shameful and does that make it okay um i don't know because saturday market I don't know because as Pastor Monty pointed out earlier, meat sacrifice to idols. Yeah. So for me, I lean on the side. For me, the fact that it's connected to the human body is what makes it more tenuous. It's the most tenuous aspect of it in my mind. So it's like if you insisted on doing this, you should do it in a certain way to, you know, I'm I'm predicting that we're like, not going to because see because of meat, the meat sacrifice to idols thing. Like, okay, you're okay to do it, but it should look like this. So okay, so let's let's define meat sacrifice to idols. Jasmine, go. This is your moment. Seriously, okay. <laughs> Basically, the whole thing is in the book of. I'm not going to save you on this one. I know you're not going to. I. Th- think it's in corinthians but i'm between corinthians and romans so someone look it up for me please why don't you just talk about what it is anyways it's basically if you can there's no problem in eating meat sacrificed to idols except for if it stumbles another believer okay that's the gist of it i don't know exactly right where that it's is from. the gist and you are correct it is in corinthians yes um <clears throat> it's first corinthians 8 let, let me let me uh, post it for y'all out there. But basically, what Pastor Monty was saying when he brought that up, um, or actually, it's eight through ten. It's actually a lot. Um, what he was saying when he brought that up was that there's a law in Christianity of the heart, essentially, um, 
that says that as long as you're blessing God for the food, basically, you're like thanking God for the food or whatever, then God doesn't really care because it's not what goes into the man that defiles him. So, and, and, and that's in reference to the Jews, like it's in reference to the Jews to the Judaizing aspect of you can't eat this and you can't eat that. All the kosher laws that came out of Levitical times, um, it's in reference to that where God opens up that he sends down a vision to Peter that basically shows him like where you were dealing with the machine aspect of it. Now we're dealing with the spirit of it. So because of that, Christians have a law of freedom of Christ to partake in things as long as it's not a stumbling block to other believers in their faith. And so we call that meat sacrifice to idols because Paul says some Christians can eat that if it doesn't bother them and other Christians shouldn't eat that if it does bother them. And if you know that someone's bothered by it, um, like to the point they're going to lose their faith, then, and it doesn't bother you, you should not eat it because then, you know, you're going to be stumbling their faith and that's not okay. So that's what the meat sacrifice to idols thing is. And that's what Pastor Monty's saying is we have the freedom to eat the placenta if we want to, as long as it doesn't stumble the other believer, essentially. Yeah, it's essentially that's accurate. And, and, you know, but I'm predicting, I'm predicting that when I go to Saturday market and I go buy my, the, if you my, were to find it my, anywhere, my jerky booth, well, you know, where you've got uh, beef jerky and turkey jerky and bison, bison jerky. And, and uh, I'm not, I'm predicting I'm not going to find any placenta jerky. You go, you got any human? And they'd be like, you what? Got any <laughs> you know, like placenta. You, you got, got any, any placenta jerky? Uh, if you were to find it anywhere, it'd probably be in Portland. It's true. That is true. It's possible. Anywhere in the U.S. anyway. Yeah. Unless I mean, you're going into freaky areas like in New Orleans, the dark corners where you're getting stuff from magic. It's interesting. It's <laughs> the Deuteronomy, you know, passage is interesting. I've never read that part of Deuteronomy, but and obviously, like, I'm, you know, I understand the whole meat sacrifice. This is happening. I, yeah, it's hot it's in here. Happening. We're turning on the fan. If you don't like it, too bad. It's so hot in here. Yes. I understand and adopt the whole meat sacrifice idol things, but. Um, yeah, that definitely adds another, like, layer of consideration, you know, like, to think about. And obviously, just <laughs> personally, I have no desire to ever try or do that. Nope. <laughs> but it definitely, for me, that that scripture in Deuteronomy, that adds another layer to consider. Well, when, I, like, seri- I where seriously, God was at. I, we considered it. I'll I, be, I'll be transparent with you guys. We considered it, and we saved all of those things. We got rid of them a little bit ago, but we saved all of those things while we considered it. No harm in doing that. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, there's probably more harm in answering questions that r- when everything leans one way. And that's the thing, like scripture leans toward, you know, you don't eat people. <laughs> Full stop. Don't eat people and, and, and you respect and you respect the lifeblood. <coughs> Right, and that's really what the placenta is all about. Is yeah. it's the lifeblood. Not to mention, there really is not definitive science, as far as I can tell in my own research. At least there wasn't at the time, and that was six years ago. There wasn't definitive science about it. So, but now I'm really curious. You know, is there is there like teriyaki <laughs> placenta? I'm sure there is. I knew you were going to yeah, say I mean, flavor. You know, yeah. yeah. Nice Let me tell you. Maybe you can do Placenta a hard, rub. I mean, I love know? periodic sticks, you know? like a hard you know? candy. Yeah. Or, like yeah, a right. Jolly Rancher, if you will. Like a beef rub. Well, we, so Jennifer, Jennifer Richardson Hanthorne says, I am so lost. 
I think. <laughs> Sorry. I think what it comes down to, Jennifer, is that you have to leave it to your conscience in this case. We just this like is one of those things that you leave it to your conscience. If you're not, if you're not bothered by it, you know, then that's going to be between you and God because we can't put it down to being a sin in and of itself because what it violates is not. It violates ceremonial laws. Um, in scripture and the ceremonial laws are no longer an issue because Christ has dealt with the ceremonial issues. He's our priest. We don't have to worry about that. And it violates kosher laws and those things aren't an issue anymore either. Bacon. It doesn't, right. It does, <laughs> that's right. For the bacon. So it doesn't violate, so it violates those things, but it doesn't violate the moral laws like don't kill, for instance. So. Yeah. I don't know what I think about this statement. She says, well, every time I listen to you guys, I realize how little I know about life. I don't know. I <laughs> Thanks. No. I don't know if that's a positive. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to take that either. <laughs> um, I'm going to end it here, though. So um, if you're interested, look up Jim Carrey and his love of socialism. Oh, we got to talk about socialism again. We should do it. Maybe we'll invite these guys back. Well, it's a good one for his thing. He's That's all about true. Politics, That's so. true. For truth uh, time. Shameless plug. So we have a variety of other podcasts Lots at the VRN, the Vigilance Radio Network. We have uh, Truth Time with Pastor Monty here. Every Tuesday. Um, and he's all about the politics, the theology, the theologics, um, theolitics. <laughs> 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 all right. Cut, cut the, the <laughs> gaither. <laughs> Got the gaither. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have Viral Vigil hosted by uh, Heidi and Jasmine. So, And they dabble in both of these areas, this too. This Thursday, so we have a new episode. There you go. That's also a reminder to Heidi if she's watching. We have a new episode. <laughs> so we're busy here. We're busy here at Aletheia and with the VRN. Cross-examination. Um, if you're... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't if, have that music. Uh, if you're interested in... And more. If you're interested in reaching out to us, we have a Twitter at Culture Insanity, or you can check out our Facebook page if there's something that you know pops up in the news, cult, uh, pop culture related. Related, feel free to submit it to us, um, and we will you know have a go at uh, talking about it. Um, if you're interested in exploring uh, your faith or completely new to Christ or um, how little you know about the world, you can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You can check out the help tab on vigilance.plog or uh, abfpdx.org. Um, we have a new cross examination panel discussion this month in September on the 30th. That will be at Woodstock nope, Bible Church. It, so, <laughs> so we learned today that. Um, <laughs> that Jasmine's boss, yes, oh. who will not be named. Jasmine's boss, our external ministries um, uh, person, person, um, sort of switched them around. Just, so okay, so where are we at? Um, possibly here because we don't know where we're supposed to be. It will happen, so. and we will post on the cross examination, and page. it will happen on the thirtieth. Yes, um, we'll post before then, Sorry, and it will ahead. be the same topic. Yes, the problem of pain. Which is topic. which is basically that age-old question: How can I how can God I love God pain in the yeah, world? Allow all these things. Um, that will be at seven p.m. on September thirtieth. So um, stay tuned, I suppose, of 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 the where of that and of the who of that. Um, check out the cross-examination uh, Facebook page for more information. Um, 
you, you can feel free to join us um, live in 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 house um, wherever we'll be. So yeah, I encourage you to um, check in, check in on the Facebook page um, of for updates on that. Um, submit your questions, uh, anything related to pain and how can a loving God allow these things. Um, submit your questions with the hashtag CrossX on Facebook or Twitter, and those will get to us, and we will attempt to answer them, uh, or the, the panel of pastors will attempt to answer them uh, at the discussion. So with that said, thanks to these guys and girls. Thanks to Pastor Monty, to Jasmine, to Josh. Yep. Thanks for the hot room you've all provided. Now we're all our backs are all sweaty. So uh, we look forward to uh, doing it again in a couple weeks. So look forward to number 21, episode 21 at 8 p.m. in two Saturdays. And with that, good night. Happy Batman Day. Yay. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. Mm-hmm.